Hi. I don't have notes. And I don't really have a good train of thought on this, but it's happening and I want to get it out. There's a handful of other episodes that I also want to get out. I just got done recording, but I just need to say something. So I still get holiday cards and text messages from my mom. I do not hear from my sisters. I do not hear from my brother. I do not hear from my grandparents, my aunt and uncle. I have a baby cousin that I've never met. Every once in a while I might get a happy new year or happy birthday. But other than that, it's been three or four years since I have talked to them. They do not reach out to me. Just her. Just the one person in my family that I don't want to hear from. And the only reason why I don't block her number is because A, what if she just shows up on my doorstep because somehow she tracked down my address online. And B, I do like knowing what happens with my family. And you can tell when there's a lot of crisis going on because she will just text me like it's nobody's business. With no shame. She will tell me about how much she loves me and misses me. Make a couple little jabs. I got one a couple weeks ago. She said, I don't remember the last time you told me happy birthday. My bad, Mom. How's your husband? Why do you think I want to talk to you? I don't. Go away. So, uh, a couple weeks ago, I missed her birthday. And then... My brother tested positive for COVID. I don't talk to anyone. I don't really know anyone that has tested positive. So, just my brother, apparently. But can you really count someone that you haven't talked to in years as someone you know that tested positive? My sister is having a whole bunch of problems and apparently has to like get a hysterectomy or something. I didn't really understand. My mom doesn't know how to translate medical jargon very well. And her son, who is three, got rushed to a major hospital because he was having breathing problems. Apparently he has some type of virus or infection in his lungs or something. Again, my mother does not know how to text medical jargon. 
and she sent me a bunch of pictures of him with tubes and monitors. And I, the last time that I was around my family was when he was born. And I, I want to be there. I want to go. I want to be around these people. It's my family. But my sister didn't tell me that her son was going to the hospital. My mother did. And showing up is accepting communication with her. And I understand what you're thinking. I need to put that pride down. But it's not just pride. Because accepting her and her husband as key components to that family isn't just accepting what happened to me. It makes it okay what happened to me. And if it's okay what happened to me, what the hell is going to happen to those children? Or do they matter more than me because... You know, they're full-blooded. I'm the bastard child. So that wasn't okay. Um, They said he's going to be in the hospital for at least a week. My mom said that my sister was crying. If these people don't tell me that these things are happening in their lives, if they don't want to share their lives with me, that's fine. And I understand. And I respectfully resume my position as the disinherited member. But it'd be cool if she'd stop talking to me like she's this sweet and innocent loving mother could all of you out there that have been really shitty to your children could you just do us all a favor and talk as shitty as you act because if I see a text from her one more time about how much she loves me and misses me and wishes she could see me I just don't know I've been thinking about bookmarking her husband's sex offender registry and every time she texts me just sending her a link to it Is that shitty of me? Is that overly aggressive of me? Anytime she texts me, that would be my response. I haven't responded to any of this woman's messages in two or three years. Could I just send her that link? Do you think she'll get the hint that she lost custody of me and instead of saving up to try to get custody of me back, she bought a fucking townhouse with him hours and hours away rebuilt her life without me in it am I supposed to miss her 
Am I supposed to miss any of these people that don't understand why I could not hold a steady relationship for over 30 years of, uh, I've only been alive for 30 years and hold relationships as a child. Why don't I act perfectly normal? Everyone else has forgotten. Why can't I just forget? I'm sorry. I just, I had to cancel my latest therapy appointment because I had to work late. I feel like I'm always working late. I'm tired of mandatory overtime. I'm tired of sitting in a room with no sunlight for hours. That's all I really had. I just wanted to ramble real fast. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. It's not even 10 minutes long. That's great. It's not even a whole episode as far as I'm concerned. What am I supposed to do? I don't have friends that I can talk to about her behavior. My therapist says that she's not an imminent threat and so I can't get like a no contact order or anything, but I feel like that's not true. I feel like I can get a no contact order against her or something so that she'll stop sending birthday cards and Christmas cards to my kids because I don't want her in contact with them. I would love to hear your opinion on the topic. I would love to hear anyone's fucking opinion on the topic. My dad says I'm doing what's right. He says that I'm the normal one. They're all crazy. I know that he's right. I know that they're all crazy. I just... It does not make it any easier. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and make you guys listen to silence. That's really all I wanted to say. I just hope that all of them come out healthy. Maybe. Um, I hope you're healthy. I hope that these aren't weights that you have to carry on your spirit. That the people that you love and hold dear to your heart also hold you dear to theirs. Go to someone that you care about and remind them that you care about them and that you're there for them if they ever need any support. Because sometimes some of us don't feel like we have any support. There's so much self-doubt that comes with what happened. Remind the people that you care about that you're there for them. It's good to give people reminders that you care. If you truly care. If you're a toxic piece of shit, don't fuck with anyone. Damn it. <laughs> I hope you're doing good. 
be healthy, be well, drink water, eat your vegetables. Eat your fucking vegetables. Just, it's fine. They're good for you. It doesn't matter how they taste. Eat your vegetables. Hi. So I had a few minutes. I'm actually headed towards my um, therapy appointment right now. I had to postpone it because I had to work late, so it's been a while and a bunch of stuff's happened. And I had not planned on this being a podcast about my life. I don't think that my life is especially interesting. Uh, but I haven't heard from anyone. I know I still need to get a hold of Doc and see how he's been doing. Everyone's life is going to be different after surviving the things that we went through. And I'm not here to glorify how much better I got. Obviously, I still have a whole lot of problems that I'm going to talk about really soon. Um, uh, The first half of this episode was about some events that my mom had texted me about. Um, with my sister's younger son, who last I heard was when I told you guys, he apparently was in the hospital. Um, later that day, she texted me to let me know that my stepfather was also in the hospital, which I, you know, I don't wish death on people, but um, I don't know why she thought that she needed to let me know about that. Also, her incessant way of saying your dad. That man is not my father. That man did not treat me as if he was my father. I really don't appreciate the way that she behaves as if nothing happened. It's a brainwashing technique that doesn't work if you don't engage with that person, which I do not engage. It has been at least three or four years since I have responded to my mother and her psychotic ways. Anyways, um, so I got those messages, I recorded the first half of this episode, and then, um, I believe the next day, if not the day after that, uh, I was told that my great-grandmother passed away on my father's side. She was 91, um, and the meanest person alive. But she was also the only other person in my family that was into arts and crafts. And my older daughter would write her letters and send her pictures in the nursing home sometimes. There's not a whole lot of deep emotional connection with her, but she's the closest person to me that's ever passed away. So... still processing it Um, and then a day or two after that I I went down south with my boyfriend for his sister's wedding which was absolutely terrifying and I'm gonna go tell my therapist about it right now and now tomorrow we're gonna go for um, the whatever it's called it's not an actual funeral we're not grandma doesn't know where she's going to put great grandma 
I know that sounds awful, so it's not an actual funeral. Services. The services. Um, so there's just, like, stuff going on for the last week or so. And it's, uh, it's really interesting because when I went to the wedding with him, I was so nervous and there were a few times where I know my anxiety got the best of me and I was just, I was angry with him for very little next to no reason at all. He said I behaved fine. I feel like I could have behaved so much better. I, there were times where I just made little jokes and he was like, well, it was funny. It's okay. You can, you can make little jokes about having to babysit me when you talk to my dad because I'm just like my dad and we both need to be watched over. And so it was fine. Um, but I don't know, maybe I'm just too hard on myself. I don't feel like it was fine. I feel like I was really mean to him and I was just sort of a wreck the whole time, but I did meet a whole bunch of really nice people. Um, one thing that I did notice was that I didn't feel temperatures all day Saturday while we were preparing for the wedding, while we were at the wedding, the reception, afterwards. I was wearing a very nice blouse that had no sleeves and a skirt that went just above my knees. And then I threw on a sweater. It was one of my comfort sweaters. You know, you have those comfort sweaters and they're just, they make you feel safe and the sleeves are really long so you can like ball them up in your fists. I wore that and it was perfect because I was so nervous, but I didn't take it off simply because I was more comfortable and felt safer in it, not because I was cold. Uh, if anything, I was slightly warm and looking back, I wish I would have taken it off because it really dressed down the outfit, not that you care. Um, and afterwards, he said that he was freezing in a suit and he didn't understand how I survived wearing a skirt. I didn't feel any temperatures all day. I felt when I put my hand on my leg, it was cooler. But other than that, like I didn't, didn't tell. And I don't know if that was, um, just what I learned from when I was little. Is that a normal human reaction? I imagine that my human reactions are normal human reactions. I'm not saying that my trauma is everything about the way that I am. And that's sort of my point is sort of normalizing who I am. And I want to normalize who everyone else is because I feel like, you know, when it gets really bad for me, I personally always say these things about how I'm broken. I always think about how I'm broken. Anytime that I have severe anxiety all day Saturday, I just kept thinking, I'm, I'm broken. I'm sticking out like a sore thumb. Everyone here knows that I'm not right. There's something wrong with me. And I feel like after everything that I experienced when I was younger, that was the badge I carried with me. Something is wrong with me. They can see something's wrong with me. Everyone knows something's wrong with me. No one likes me. Something's wrong with me. And after the wedding, I 
had a, a major meltdown. I just bawled my eyes out. And, uh, you know, we talked. We went back to his parents' house. Uh, they went and stayed on some campgrounds, so they didn't come back to the house. And we just, we talked. And I told him about how, you know, I thought I had a drinking problem. I did have a drinking problem. And I blamed that for years. And I got sober and I thought, well, now that I'm sober, people will see how much of a good person I am. And then people just kept leaving and there's nowhere to park at my therapy place. Um, that's just, that's where my life is right now. Um, figuring out what is wrong with me. Why did you park like that? Um, not that... Not that I think that there's any one thing wrong with me. If there's anything that I realize, it is that, um, you know, people don't know that those things happened to me. And I can't expect them to know because they weren't here to live my life. And it was so weird going to that wedding and all those people were so happy and, and knowing that tomorrow I have to go see all my family and mourn, you know, um, weird emotions so that was that was all I wanted I'm here so I should probably go talk to him I think I might I feel like I sort of edit things when I talk to him and I don't like that and I don't want to do that because he's my therapist and I should be open with him but I just uh it's face to face and it's very difficult I feel like a f the few times we had phone interviews because of COVID I, I was a lot better at being open also, my internet friend that I always talk about uh, has been MIA for the last couple weeks. Um, I don't know if she's still listening. If you're still listening, I texted that number you gave me and you did not respond. I got your package. I hope you're okay. She's the only person that I talk to, so I haven't talked to anyone in a couple weeks. Um, well, there's there's a girl that lives in town, and she's kind of nice, and she let me borrow a shirt for the wedding and stuff, and that, that was nice of her, but uh, we're not close. Um, she's very strict with COVID precautions because uh, her and her son both uh, are immuno- compromised I think is the term anyways um I have to I have to go check in I have to go to my appointment I just I felt like that brief little follow-up wasn't quite enough and and then all this other stuff kept happening so I thought I'd just tack this on to the end um I have other topics we're gonna talk about soon I just need to sit down with a microphone if you want to talk I'm not making this platform for me. I, I'm making it to make sure that people who have been through similar things to what I've been through 
become more self-aware, I think. Maybe. Does that make sense? But I, I can't, I can't do that on my own. I'm going to keep trying. I have decided to be as stubborn as can be because even if I get completely discouraged after 10 episodes and everybody tunes out and no one ever comes on and talks to me, there might be someone three years from now that is feeling lost, that is suffering from the memories of being in compromised situations that might find this. And that's the person I'm going to be recording for, for at least a little while. So if you don't want to come on, that's fine. But if you want to come help that person with me, I think that would be really great of you. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope it's not raining where you are because I don't think it's going to stop all week here. <sighs> I love you. I hope the sun's shining. Kiss your babies. Tell your friends they're lovely. This is yet another song by Frank Watkinson. Go check him out on YouTube. He is on Spotify. He is amazing. And if you have any spare money, give it to him. This one is called Just Another Story. Across the sea into 
beginning So many thoughts run through my mind Those memories I'll leave behind Now that I have nothing to return to And it's just another story Of a life that wasn't to be Just another broken heart left weeping Just another passenger Looking out to sea Going nowhere Just another story Just another reason to try to start again.